Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Brazil native Perla DeLuca is now a general contractor and entrepreneur in Des Moines, Iowa. She is the owner of Southeast Constructors, a general contracting firm, and she is also the founder of the Iowa School of Construction, which will be opening in February of 2024. Perla was recently named one of the top 15 people to watch in 2023 by the Des Moines Register for her work with the Iowa School of Construction. Welcome to the Hazard Girls podcast, Perla. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Emily. Did I get that right in the intro? Did I get everything right Yes, there? yes. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate The only thing um, is a little different. Our classes are starting in April this year. I was, yeah, I was wondering about that. I saw that the classes are going to be starting in February, but now you're going you're gonna to start those in April. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to have to hear all about this school that you're starting. And I, th- uh-huh. I feel like I missed, I also left off something. I read something about another award you recently won. Um, what can it be? Oh, I just graduated with a construction accelerated program with Turner, which oh, okay. is just to help. So some of the larger uh, employers now in the construction industry are doing this kind of programs to help small businesses uh, in the industry and to include diversity into their, you know, team. Yeah. So uh, that's one of my graduations last week. And I also speak in different events, anything that can be geared towards helping women or help minorities entering the industry. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for it. That must have been what I was thinking of. And I we love Turner Construction. One of our very first podcast episodes was with a, a contractor from Turner Construction. So that's that's so funny. Yeah, this it's been, I think this is our 120th episode now. So awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to hear all about your journey, Perla, and how you came to be in the US, first of all. Um, did you come here for the construction industry? No, no, I came here, uh, I was 20 years old. Uh, I came just as a tourist and I stayed. <laughs> and uh, back then I didn't speak English. So, and I didn't have, didn't, a lot of people read the interviews and they're like, do you really came with a hundred dollars? Yes, I did come <laughs> with a hundred dollars. Let's, let's say the record was a hundred dollars. That's it. Oh my God. So I did whatever I had to do, lived on my car, work on restaurants, uh, cleaning, washed boats, everything. And then eventually I got my own schedule of houses, cleaning houses. And then when my English got a little better, I got into construction, started doing small residential projects. I just, at the time, I I didn't have the opportunity to go to college in my country um, due to money. And then uh, here I couldn't go because I was just a tourist. Mm -hmm. So you just do what you got to do, right? And I knew that if I stay on the cleaning, I'm like, how am I going to grow? Then I went into construction, just saw more money per hour, especially when I come to use my, uh, to be an owner, I saw more potential. But how did you even have this idea that the construction industry was open to you? Because first of all, this is a while ago, 
And nowadays, it's most women don't even think the construction industry is open to them. They don't. They may not be aware. So, how did you even come to learn about it? So, my dad in Brazil, even though he was in pharmaceuticals, I saw him build our house. So, I love construction. I always did. But when I was doing the cleaning, it was was my way in, you know, on the beginning. But when you are cleaning houses, normally sometimes they are construction homes. So I talk to the guys. I always say when you have a, an extra language, is an extra skill. Mm-hmm. So I always talk to the guys and I learn Spanish pretty quick. I even though I speak Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, that's how much you can make if you do drywall or painting. And I'm like, I need to switch gears, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and I did start with a small construction company working uh, for a construction company. And then now with the years, I bought my partner out. And it wasn't like, oh, I just gave him money, like took 13 years for me to totally buy him out. But yeah, yeah, since 2013, uh, I own Southeast Constructors. And now you started out in the construction industry in Florida, right? Yes. So how did you end up in Iowa? So that's that too. So I did the construction, I did residential, I did commercial, but my dream always was to do road work. And the thing with Florida is very saturated. So, and was really hard, not only for women that is a small business to get on that um, level of construction, but also because if they were trying to meet a goal for the government, there are a lot of minorities. So there is no really an advantage. So when I was in Florida, I also had three real estate offices. So I had, um, you know, another business. When the real estate got as low, I said, we got to switch gears. And uh, we got a couple projects in Cedar Rapids for the flood mm-hmm. since, um, I mean, to bridge that gap, at some point we went into government work. So we do flood restoration, we do FEMA work. Mm-hmm. And we came to Cedar Rapids to do three projects. And I just fell in love with Iowa. And then I kept staying. And that was 2009. So, mm-hmm. and I'm still here. <laughs> and now everybody knows your name there. <laughs> It's so funny. I mean, uh, when I came to Des Moines, then I was able to get into federal, which is also hard for women, um, small business women. I keep saying that because it's very important to understand that women do not have the same chance on federal sometimes. Mm -hmm. So you got to fight your way through. And my first project was in 2017 was the Truman House, the our former president Truman. And I told them, just give me a chance anything you want me to clean this wall clean the wall i'll paint the wall clean the floor give me something and then once they gave me that um that was 2017 i did 26 projects since okay okay can we let's back up a little bit because i think this is really good for people to understand how the process works so you so you were in the construction industry when you're in florida but then you got into business with a partner and the two of you were doing different construction projects you ended up in iowa At what point did you start looking into the Small Business Administration and federal contracting and that kind of thing? Actually, I had already looked in Florida. I applied to be a minority. You need to be certified 8A, the number 8, the letter A, Mm -hmm. in order to have an advantage on women-owned or Latin-owned businesses uh, and those contracts where you can negotiate directly and where instead of like 500 people bidding, it might be 10 people bidding. So to have that advantage, you need that certification. I did try in Florida. Uh, the offices there are overwhelmed. It takes mm-hmm. years to process an application. So I was doing a concrete repair in Des Moines downtown for the city of Des Moines. 
I saw the SBA office. I said, I'm going up there. <laughs> I was like, maybe here will be easier, right? So yeah. I will, I go up, they saw him the next day. Wow. And since my application was ready, you know, I just had to change location. Uh, the experience is the same. Everything else was the same. It's just, I need to change their juris jurisdiction. Um, I got approved in four weeks. Wow. And then since that, I never looked back. Isn't that amazing? You were hitting walls left and right in Florida because they were so overwhelmed. The population maybe was bigger. There was just, it was overwhelmed at the office. You go to a different state and got right in. So, okay, ladies, this is a very important lesson. If you find yourself hitting walls, maybe you just need to move to another state. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not that drastic, right? <laughs> but um, no, the lesson is like, there is no such a thing as no. You know, just keep mm -hmm. positioning yourself, keep yeah. keep pushing forward, keep looking at if you can, if you keep hitting a door, go around it. Yeah. You know, so it's just keep trying different strategic. Like if you go to a place and they say no, maybe it's just that person that they say no to you. Maybe right. they're having a bad day. I don't mm -hmm. take no ever. So I come the next day, I, I meet them at the coffee shop before they go to work to see if they're on a better mood and they would just give me the time of the day. So never take no. Before I got it through my house, I visit with the lady for two years and I kept asking for her to give me a chance. And one day I get the phone call. So, so how, I don't know, this sounds like very up my alley because I love, you know, the idea of networking um, personally, you know, not just emailing people and things like that, but actually meeting them in person and talking to them. And you, But did you actually meet up with them outside of the office did you just like show up at the coffee shop how did how did you find them that was just an example but for example for federal you need to meet with the agencies the agencies yeah. are very skeptical to give a contract a first-time contract to somebody mm -hmm. that never did federal contract and if you're a small business you even like they don't want it they are afraid because if you don't do a good job and they took a chance on you it could cost their job too so what do we do? We go to events, buyers events. We go to the okay. Army Corps events. We go to the National Parks events. So on the Truman House case, I went to uh, Omaha has their main office. Um, National Parks has their main office in Omaha. So I go there all the time and talk to the contractors officers and say, listen, just give me a chance. I know I don't have best, per best performance. So they're like, we are not mm -hmm. even going to consider you. But then I tell her, how can I have best performance if you never give me a chance to perform, yeah. right? So then I did it. And then after the first best performance, you almost in, you still got to do a great job. People think, oh, I'm a small business, women own, with advantages because I'm minority. You know, you still got to deliver the project. You know, we don't just get work because of the, the set asides. We get constant work because we do good work. Exactly. And the set-asides are there to make up for discrimination that has taken place traditionally. Yeah. So it's not like, uh, you, you know, you're getting a special- It's handout. not a handout. Right. That's exactly what I was just saying. Yeah. It's yeah. not a handout at all. It's, it doesn't, it barely makes up for the past. Yeah. Now, tell me about the Truman House. What was the significance of that to you? Oh, uh, for me, I mean, I don't want to get emotional, but I'm an immigrant. So was well, just a privilege, you know, like- I felt so honored to work on a federal project with my business as an immigrant, you know what I mean? Just to, I felt like I, I made it, right? Like I'm here, mm -hmm. they gave me a chance. Uh, we finished, I had a schedule. I was there every day because my biggest fear was if it doesn't go right, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I'm really proud of that project and, and many others. We we already did seven um, projects with the national parks since. So, yeah. So that, that project came through the national park system? Yeah, is in it, so uh, that is part of the national parks. Right now we are putting a bridge at Effigy Mounds in Wisconsin for also the national parks. So yeah, we work on different of their locations. We love working with them. They're a great agency. They are an agency that really gives chance to small businesses, so. Mm -hmm. And so tell me about some of your favorite projects. I know you mentioned the bridge. Is that the Women of Achievement Bridge? Yes, the Women of Achievement Bridge. A lot of people think I built that bridge. I didn't. What we did in 2017 also, we resurfaced it. Like there was issues with uh, the surface, the concrete surface. So we put a new surface in it, so. What is the historical story behind that bridge? So that bridge was owned by principal and the goal was to put plaques on the bridge of women of achievement out of the out of Iowa, right? Women that like we, for example, our first African-American mayor, things like that. So they all have plaques of the women. So when that project came out uh, and I won on a bid on a just a competitive bid, mm -hmm. I remember the guy was so mad that I won. He's like, He's like, are you going to do the bridge? I was like, you're damn right. I'm going to do the bridge. And then I did it. And uh, I love the name of it. I just feel it's amazing to be working on a Women of Achievement Bridge. Now, which guy said that to you? Oh, who lost? On the okay, yeah. Okay. Well, hmm. let's see. Women of Achievement. It makes sense. <laughs> um, so, all right. So then, and then you also, you've done work at a zoo and what else? What are some of your other favorite projects? Um, my latest project, we worked for a year for the Army Corps of Engineers. We did a restoration project uh, a, whole, a whole year long in uh, Illinois. Uh, tons of excavation, demolition. Uh, we took 18 trailers down, three uh, metal buildings. So a lot of people think that women is just, uh, we paint walls and pick colors, no. Uh, I can operate all the machines. We can do heavy construction. I want to say that because I want women, especially young women out there to understand that we can do anything we put our minds to. And a lot of things that people don't know, women can make up to $60 an hour in construction, just being quality control or uh, safety inspectors. So I just want to put that bug on the women's gear, you know. You just gotta get certifications and dedicate yourself to the industry and you can make a really good, you know, earn a good living. I'm, I'm just curious how, when you, cause you were cleaning when you were, first, when you were very young, when you first got to the US, you were cleaning uh, rooms and then you saw the construction workers and they told you, no, you can make way more money doing the drywall and the other things. What, how much did your salary jump up? Um, I would say it's double at least, mm -hmm. you yeah. know? So you always gotta look at business, a lot of people also ask me why you want to get into heavy construction. I make a lot more money doing heavy construction than I would if I was doing drywall. Mm -hmm. It's like everything else. The bigger the machines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The somebody, more asked, somebody asked me recently, why do we need more women in construction? And I said, the question is, why shouldn't women be able to benefit from construction? And also the fact that we have a shortage right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like I feel like women have such a momentum now, right? Mm -hmm. And we have a shortage in construction. So just a little uh, factual here. Uh, the UK is 50-50. Uh, South American women are building buildings by themselves. There's no men on their crew, you mm -hmm. know? So I think we're a little behind when the US only has 10%. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. of the women making, you know, but I, on that, a lot of people ask me, is it hard to be a woman in construction? Yes, it is. But it's especially hard if you don't know what you're doing. So yeah. I always say you got to have the right training and learn the skills because once you're on site and you know what you're doing, nobody can touch you. Let's talk about the labor shortage. I know, you know, obviously it affects, you're in the construction industry, you see the effects of it probably firsthand all the time. Um, what do you think is the best solution for the labor shortage? I mean, there is no fast, no, there is no fast solution mm -hmm. right now because right. we lost a generation. Like this generation was not trained by their parents at home to cut the grass or, you know, to do outside activities. I think the only hope we have is to train the new generation properly so they develop that critical thinking and understand that it is something to be proud when you build something from, with your own hands. Like we can all call Ikea to deliver a table, but it wouldn't be great if you build a table and every time you look at it, you were like, I built this. Yeah. So we just got to bring that back a little bit. Well, you said we lost a generation. Can you? Expand on uh, so the, the past generations, like the youth is just on their computers, like used to be, for example, my dad taught me to drive at 15. I knew how to drive motorcycles, cars. I knew how to do stuff around the house, cut the grass, fix things, right? Fix a sink. But this generation, the only thing they know is this, right? The little thumbs on the phone. So the problem with that is that it's even harder. Like right now, my school teaches units of measurement because uh, the new generation don't know how to measure. Mm -hmm. So we got to start from scratch. But the good thing about start from scratch is that they are ready to learn everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And okay, you mentioned your school. So that's what I really want to get into now. Because we, I mean, that's sort of where I was going with the idea of the labor shortage. You're one of your solutions to the labor shortage is starting your own school, yes. the Iowa School of Construction. Yeah. Who is who is the school for? So the school is for everybody, first of all, but I do have a, a soft staff for women in construction. And also I also, uh, because I'm an immigrant, I wanna help the immigrants too. So if they are not getting ahead on their career because language is a barrier, uh, barrier I wanna help with that barrier. If they're not getting ahead because they don't know how to put a resume together on this country to the format that they will be hired, so then I'll help with that. Like my goal is just to empower people, to help people. I been through not having and now being on a better situation. Uh, I know the steps, not that I know everything, but I can help them with the steps mm -hmm. into a better job, into a better career. It breaks my heart when I see uh, single mothers working for $15 an hour when they could take an eye class and make 35, mm -hmm. you know? It's just sometimes is what you don't know. So true. So tell us more about the school. So it's, you said it's for everybody, what age? Comes so right school? now we have two programs, adults 18 to any age, um, everybody's welcome. And then I create a summer youth program for 14 to 24, which is high school graduates or mm -hmm. If they are on the last year of high school and they are already interested on in the trades, uh, our programs, uh, they are a little different than most uh, trade schools that are a year and a half or two year apprenticeship. We are a pre-apprenticeship. We are 12 weeks and for the summer youth, eight weeks. And you're going to touch each week. You're going to touch a little bit of different areas of construction, drywall, painting, 
machinery, uh, loading things, uh, driving a truck, hooking up a trailer, like practical things that you're going to, even if you decide not to go into construction, you're going to take those skills to life. And I believe every skill you learn, you, you keep with you. That's like your little toolbox that you can go to anytime you need it. Maybe you come to the school and you decide to flip houses, you know, but at least now you know, and nobody's going to take advantage of you if you, like, if they came to give you a price, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. My grandmother always used to say there's, you can lose things, but no one can take away your education. Yes. So I think that's, that's a really important point uh, that, you know, you're, you're teaching you're teaching skills that people can then take with them and use in their career, however they determine. Now, how are you getting women? How are you encouraging women to join in on this? So uh, you are familiar with that because you have an amazing media. So a lot of my, I never advertised for the school yet, but a lot of the girls that came to us is through my media. Just mm-hmm. my, seeing me on site, seeing me operating, and then we post everything and we just like encouraging, encouraging women, right? And mm-hmm. I go to a lot of events where I get to meet all the ladies and, you know, it just, one thing about women that I love, they support each other. And then they spread the word, like men, they get together, they drink beer, right? Mm-hmm. But women, we're like, oh, I just tried this shampoo. It's amazing. You got to try it, right? Every time there is something good, we spread the word because we have that that helping other thing, you know? Right. So that's true. (laughs) We do get excited about shampoo. Um, all right. So yeah, I mean, how are you how are you handling the well, you haven't started the school yet. It launches in in April, but you're you're gearing up for it. Okay. What what are some tips then for women who are thinking about joining the school, but it's such a, a dis, not, not discouraging, but it's such a intimidating idea for them. It's daunting. How do you encourage them? And yeah, what that's what, when I talk to women and I talk in a lot of high schools and, and things like that, mm-hmm. it's always like, it's intimidating because you don't know. So you don't need to go and apply with them and 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 be like, maybe, you know, Uh, feel uncomfortable on a construction site you can come to our school which is a family we are going to teach you there's no judgment everybody learns at different uh, stages Mm -hmm. and but the difference when you leave here you are going to walk on a site confident you know Mm -hmm. and uh, that's the difference I think more than what we build here besides skills it's just confidence and how are people getting matched up with the right jobs after they finish so we created uh, like a student platform where they watch the channels. Uh, so our school is 90% hands-on, 10% li- literature. So they go and the, they watch the videos. That same platform has an employer portal where after all this, they graduate, they, their certificate, their certifications, sorry, my Portuguese, their certifications become a live resume and the employers can hire. I'm really connected with the employers in the morning. So I made sure all the employers are in. And then uh, at the end of graduation, we have industry days where the employers get to pitch to the students. It's always like, oh, I'm I'm hoping they see me. No, now you tell why they should work for you. Yeah. And then we go from there. What are some of the barriers that, you know, I don't like talking about negative stuff. <laughs> what are some of the barriers that women are facing that you're seeing uh, where you are and some ways maybe we can overcome those? I think that the biggest barriers uh, is always that product, 
you know, like that uh, assumption that women cannot do construction. Yeah. Construction changed a lot. It's no longer like uh, labor intense. So if you, you can operate a machine, you can drive a truck, it's, it's very different than it used to be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important. I think the biggest issue, and I'm like you, I don't believe in negative thoughts. So I believe the barriers are on people's minds. So we just got to show them that with the proper training, they can overcome. I love that. And I, I was talking to another guest on the podcast who has a robotics company and they're creating robots that do the mobile, for, for example, what they do is drywall. So robots that do the drywall. And so it goes up to a certain height that maybe normally people would have to climb up on something. Maybe people, would, so no longer matters about your stature. Yeah. So it eliminates those barriers. So I agree with you that because things are changing so quickly in that area of construction and technology, it's making it an even more welcoming place for women. And it's something, it's even more excitement that we need to spread, you know, to let women know about the industry and they're even, it's reducing barriers. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I might, I think I'm a living proof that women can do well in construction, that not, that college is not for everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't have a chance to go to college but I didn't go like, poor me. I didn't go to college. I just kept pushing and hope, you know, hope that was going to do well. And now that I feel like, I feel so accomplished uh, in this 20 something years that that's why this school is so important to me. Mm-hmm. I want to help people have the confidence to either start their business or be on the construction industry, knowing that they're going to earn great money and have a good living. What is your advice for, because you mentioned that you're an immigrant and you came from Brazil. What is your advice for other people in that position? I would say, uh, come with an open mind. Uh, just work hard. Like, don't have those free uh, conceived notions that, oh, I, I'm too good for this. There is no too good for anything. Honest work is honest work. If you need to make a living, just do what you got to do. But also don't be complacent. Like I always, when I was cleaning houses, I never, not that there's nothing wrong with that, but I always thought that was a stepping stone to where I wanted to be. Yeah. And if you are interested in construction, how do you make the choice about, there are so many options in, in construction. How do you make the choice about what trade to learn or what area to go into? So I'm a big believer to do what you love is not working anymore. So um, I think taking a program like ours, I don't know uh, where what type they have in other states, but take a short program, take a, a workshop in carpentry and see if that's for you, you know? Like uh, out of all the areas I do, I don't like electric and I love concrete, you know? So it, it, it has to speak to you because if you're gonna do that most of your life, why not do something you love? Your business, so you have your business, which you're very busy with. You have all these contracts and so many things on the horizon. And then you have the school, which is a whole new project that that's getting launched right as we speak. Where do you see your business and the school in the next five years? I just see like, I feel like the business and the school go together on a way. And I want to just to have another extension of my business, right? So, and then I have another plan coming up for that ties the whole, the, all the three together. So mm-hmm. for me, it's just like, also, I want to make construction more of a community. So it's only going to grow. I didn't, when I started school, a lot of people were like, oh, maybe she's not serious. I acquire a school. 
uh, uh, elementary school, yeah. 20,000 square foot and nine acres. I am serious. <laughs> so I'm, I'm here to stay, yes. you know? So otherwise I wouldn't put myself in that. Right. Well, Perla DeLuca, to say you're an inspiration is a vast understatement. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I was so looking forward. You were an inspiration. I was so looking forward to be on your podcast. You know, I went and looked at all your social media and just the fact that you thought of creating something for women that is safe, but is also fashionable. I love oh, that. Thank you. You're so kind. Um, well, yeah, and I'm grateful to Dennis, our wonderful photographer, for introducing us through his friend who you work with. And this is just, it's been a great experience to get to know you and talk to you. And I hope we can stay in touch. Um, and, oh, I want our listeners to know how to stay in touch with you. Where can they find you? So uh, my LinkedIn is very, very, um, one of the ways that people come to me is just Perla DeLuca, which is P-E-R-L-L-A DeLuca. And also, if you want to check out the school, it's Iowa School of Construction. So that's our website. And um, I'll be glad to talk to anybody. But also, I'm always here if you need anything or if you need me to speak or anybody you know need help. Perfect for Women in Construction Week. Carla DeLuca, general contractor and owner of Southeast Constructors and founder of the Iowa School of Construction and all-around badass and entrepreneur. Thank you so much for joining us on the Hazard Girls podcast today. Thank you so much, Emily. Have a good day. You too. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>